You're listening to IBGR, our call sign for the Internet Business Growth Radio Network. The broadcast frequency is our URL, and that's IBGR.network. We provide live and recorded shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on what an entrepreneur or small business consultant needs to grow their operation from zero to big. How big? Up to you. IBGR focuses on the 180 million English-speaking small business owners around the world in four major markets, North America, Australia, Oceania, the Indian subcontinent, and United Kingdom, Europe, and Africa. All of these six-hour cycles are delivered in six major themes, strategy, operations, sales, people, ownership, and consulting. The first four tracks, strategy, operations, sales, and people, are the day-to-day tactical issues all entrepreneurs face. The fifth track, ownership, takes the conversation to the next level. How can an owner working in the business make the transition to an executive of a multi-million dollar firm by working on it? Our last track, consulting, is for our brothers and sisters with the same mission as IBGR, helping small business owners grow. I bet you didn't know that 57% of everybody on the planet is employed by a small business owner. Let's team up and help business owners increase generational wealth for themselves and their family while creating good jobs in their local community. Our team has over seven decades of helping and building businesses. We have turned those years of experience into radio shows and downloadable tools that any entrepreneur, whether you're an independent contractor, solopreneur, or business owner, can apply immediately. All you have to do is download, listen, apply, and engage. Download the show notes that address current issues in your business. Listen to the show live or as a podcast. Apply the information and tools. Engage us with your experience and feedback. And if you really want to maximize your time spent with IBGR, join our community and have access to our toolbox. This just scratches the surface of what you will receive every day at IBGR. The opportunity to grow with us is only limited by your imagination and persistence. Let's grow together and put the world back to work. Thanks for listening. and executives across the country. You are listening to Catalytic Conversations with your host, me, Wendy Dickinson, on the number one global business news and talk radio, IBGR Network, International Business Growth Radio. I'm Wendy Dickinson. I'm your host for today's show, and I'm your business growth expert, diving into the why, what, and how of your biggest business challenges and questions. Hey, I hope you caught Sarita Johan's show, Build Your Core, this week. And Sarita offers you a chance to build your communication skills. People are her her way of, her expertise in business. And I also hope that you take a look at Angela Hooper-Menfield's show, The People Side of Business. And if you miss the shows, check out the podcast, because I really think that you guys would gain a lot as far as culture and talent optimization catching either of those shows. Both of these shows, as well as my own, offer you, the owner-executive, tools to elevate your leadership as you grow your company. I want to invite everybody today to join the IBGR Entrepreneurs Community Network located in the IBGR app on ibgr.network or go directly to the ibgr.community. Once on the inside, you'll be in your community of commerce, 
where you can connect with the other entrepreneurs and interact with our on-air talent. Join the IBGR.community community where you can network with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Come on, grow with us. In case you didn't know, IBGR offers a full suite of business growth products and services. Our newest addition is the IBGR News. Stay current on all the latest business news from around the globe. The news feed is curated twice a day to ensure that we have the latest and most relevant information for you, our listeners. Get your IBGR.news on our website at IBGR.network or click the Business News tab on our app. And check out the app and get the show notes. Download the app for Android and iOS and just search IBGR Business Growth Radio on Google Play and the App Store and then look for episode number eight of Catalytic Conversations. Guys, any business owner will tell you that owning a business is a lot of work, won't they? If you listen to stories of the how and why of different businesses, it will amaze you to hear the twists and turns that a lot of people have gone through to get to that place. Business owners are as varied as the different types of businesses. They have different reasons for getting into business. Some are moving away from a career they didn't like or are moving towards the start of a great idea. They have different experiences. And with work and consuming products and financial resources, they also have different levels of tolerance for risk. But how can you mitigate your exposure to that risk? Many believe that franchises are the way to go. Cue my amazing guest, Gus Urillo. Today, we're going to look at franchises with one of the most successful franchise experts in the country, Gus Urillo of The Entrepreneur's Source. Gus will give us tips for choosing a franchise and what to watch out for. Gus, welcome to the show. Thanks, Wendy. Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, Gus, I read an interesting statistic this morning. According to Statista, in 2019, there were 773,603 franchise establishments in the U.S. And of course, Gus, I know that the number is now greater than that because of the number of clients you were able to help last year. That's probably true, Wendy. Wow. Gus, I also have to tell you that this idea about franchising comes up a lot. I actually had an appointment with a client earlier today, and their ultimate goal is to create a franchise out of their business. And I don't think people, number one, understand what a franchise is, what a franchisor is. I don't think they understand always the relationship between the two or the amount it takes to create a franchise out of a standalone business. And I felt like having you here today and to tell us about some of your experiences in working with people might shed some light on that and help clarify some of that information. Sure. So how likely is it that somebody would be able to start a franchise out of their business? Yeah, I I mean, really the answer sort of it depends, Wendy, but the reason for that is I get approached by a fair number of people who say to me, I want to franchise this business. And, you know, in some cases they're ready, but in most cases they're not, and perhaps they never will be, because there's sort of a life stage of your business when you might be ready to actually franchise the business. And you have to be at a certain point where other people would want to buy into your business model, right? So you have Mm -hmm. to really have to improve the business system but just as importantly, you have to be willing to invest time, dollars, and energy uh, into that so that you know, you're prepared to become a franchisor. Because 
not everybody is. They don't realize that you have to get registered with the FTC at a federal level, 14 state corporation commissions that you have to get registered, put operations manuals together, build a training department. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I find that when I explain that to people, a lot of people who are thinking, boy, this would be a great path for me, will either say, well, that's too rich for my blood, or maybe I'm not ready for that just yet. I think that is such a great point. And, and these are the things that I find or I also find when people come to me and say, yeah, I want you to help me grow my business because I want to start a franchise. They just have no idea that in addition to um, the time and the energy of growing the business that they currently have, that there's an entire other cascade of systems and processes that have to be put into place to bring that out to a market of, of people who may be interested in investing further. Hey, Gus, what makes a good business a good candidate for franchising? I think it has to truly be a proven business system. It can't be just a great idea. It has to be something where the prospective franchisor has really figured out, you know, all the go-to-market strategies, whether that's from a marketing perspective, an operational perspective, um, hiring strategies, you know, all that has to be figured out because you have to look at it from the perspective of a would-be franchisee, which is, what am I getting for this? And what they want to some degree is a business in a box, a system that has been foolproof and is proven and the franchisor has made all the mistakes along the way so that you don't have to make those same mistakes. So they really have to go through that process and it only takes a few years to prove it out, both at the original unit level or however you want to look at the original business and oftentimes I encourage people to maybe not franchise it but maybe license it to four or five other people in other markets to prove that the business is truly replicable because that's what a prospective franchisee is looking for it not only has to be proven but it has to appear and, and be something that can be replicated by somebody else so the more that you can get it to a point where it's clear that this is a replicable formula, that's when you're ready. Wow. And, and so how about what makes, what are the signs that a business cannot become a franchise? I mean, I guess it would be so easy to just say everything that you just said isn't being done. But well, Yeah, there's certainly that. I would also say, you know, temperamentally and, you know, financially and all that, the, the business owner who's looking to become a franchisor has to realize they're taking on a whole different level of responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, they may have been kind of the classic entrepreneur, really great at running their own business, but they're going to have to shift all their attention to training and teaching other people how to do that, right? And perhaps delegate or sell their existing unit to someone else, or at least delegate it, because 80, 90% of their time now has to be focused on the success of other people. So you certainly have to be someone who's ready to do that emotionally, financially, temperamentally. You know, I find when I explain that to some people, they're like, well, I kind of just want to run my business. And I like the idea of creating royalty streams from, you know, you know, <laughs> and that may be more of a licensing arrangement. But if you rise to a, the level of a franchise, you have to take it to a much, it's much more serious. It's, re it's a regulated industry. So you really have to be committed you know, to the success of your franchisees, building infrastructure and so forth, training, operational support, et cetera. So that's gonna take money, it's gonna take time, it's gonna take a whole bunch of other things. The other thing is, 
you have to presume that you've developed a better mousetrap in some way that it can't be something that like anybody else can do and it, it you know it can be fairly simple it doesn't necessarily have to be uh some sort of patented or proprietary formula it may just be a better marketing strategy or go-to-market strategy or something that's the secret sauce but there has to be some differentiator that if someone looked at it as a prospective franchisee they would say i, I could see how that business would outcompete its independent counterpart wow so much to consider and i think we're going to have a great conversation and gus believe it or not it is almost time for us to take a break and and folks what i really want and hope that you get out of this this time that we have with gus is to take a look at the belief that many of you have that that franchises are are the way to go right that this is the way it's more successful franchises have the the support of the franchisor Franchises are proven business models. Franchises offer the prospective franchisee the chance to see the business model in action. And keep in mind that franchisees come to this place from many different points in their their life's journey. Some are baby boomers. A number of baby boomers will, will sell a business and then buy another. And sometimes a franchise can offer them the perfect opportunity to do that. There are people who are in career transition, um, and there are people who are just looking for their next big challenge. So some of these things are, are urban myth. Some of these things are written about with a great deal of a certainty and assurance. This is our chance, our time with Gus today, to really explore some of these beliefs. Some of these things are that are touted as common knowledge and get a sense of how true is it and how well would this work for you. So we're going to take a break. And I want to encourage you, before we do go on the break, download the show notes. We're going to use, I'm going to refer to some references during our conversation. Those are outlined in the show notes. And you get a chance to connect with us in real time during the show. I want you to look for that pulsating orange question mark that's in the lower right-hand corner of most of the pages on our website. Click it to ask questions or share comments with Gus and I about the show. And if you're listening to one of the podcasts, look for the Listen Live tab on our new app and check out the current programming. When we come back, Gus and I are going to look at the various problems that face and challenges that face prospective franchisees. So we'll be right back. your business is different why does it exist and why do your customers care if you're not sure we can help at crispin co we work closely with you to get to know your business together we'll build a strategy that communicates your brand message to the people who need to know it your customers crispin co exists to challenge normal. We're a full service, creative, design, and media agency. We trade in innovative ideas, creative content, and strategic communication that gets maximum results and return on your marketing investment. Find us at crispand.co or on all the usual socials. Crisp & Co. Innovate. Create. 
communicate. Nothing's good that news is bad. This is William Eastman, managing partner for GrowthWorks Media and station director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, your business growth expert on the number one global business talk and news network, IBGR, International Business Growth Radio. Are you ready to dive into the challenges that prospective franchisees face? This is episode number eight, Franchising an Expert's View, and here with our expert, Gus Urillo of the Entrepreneur's Source. Go to the IBGR.app and get your show notes. We all know that failure is possible. Franchisees do fail. You have the opportunity to determine what those possible failure patterns are and take steps to guard against them. Here are just a few. Inept franchisees. Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? Franchisee reluctance to follow the formula. What is up with that, Gus, when people are doing that when they buy the franchise because of the formula? That's crazy to me misalignment between the franchisee and franchisor, lack of funds, poor people skills. Gus has developed a process for his clients to follow. He guides them through the decision-making process, and then Gus and his clients look for things like fit and adequate resources and the support that's offered from the franchisor. So Gus, what are some of the biggest challenges that prospective franchisees have to navigate to be successful? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Wendy. You know, I'd say the first thing we try to help people figure out is, are you ready or will you ever be ready to take on the challenges of becoming a business owner or franchisee? So you don't want to operate off the assumption that anybody can do it. I mean, theoretically, it's probably true, but a big part of what we try to do is help people figure out what, you know, start with their why of what are you looking for business ownership or franchising to do for you that the current path that you're on can't do. And it better be pretty darn compelling. You know, more control, more money. They want to stay in the same geography, but they can if they, you know, if they get downsized and they have to relocate. So there have to be some key driving forces that 
propel them to want to do it in the first place. So before we even take somebody on as a client, we try to help them figure out, am I mentally ready to at least explore this avenue? Is this path conceivably for me? So that's the first starting point because you know you have to make sure that they're compelling reasons to explore it in the first place. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And do you find that with your clients, do they generally come to you with having unearthed some of those whys or where are they usually in their own thought process? They're, they're usually what we call a crossroad in their career. So oh, mm-hmm. somebody has directed them my way who said, you know what, this may be the time for you to think about a different path that you might not have otherwise considered. So a small percentage of people coming to me knowing that they already want to go down this path and it's just a question of, you know, what's the right fit, which we'll get to later. Most people are at a crossroad. They really need to be educated both as to how to think about the franchise landscape, right. but so to help them to articulate those goals and figure out if they're real, if there are compelling reasons. Because there are times when I speak to people and there aren't enough compelling reasons, you know, to explore this. And we maybe jointly determine now it's not the right time, or maybe this path isn't right for you. So that's sort of the first intersection, you know. And then if we do determine that there are compelling reasons to explore. Then we try to get as real, as granular as possible mm-hmm. around that person's personal, professional, financial, and geographic goals, because the more specific we can be, then I can play the role sort of as a matchmaker, you know, help identify what business models best align with their background, their skill sets, their goals, etc. So that when they're doing their due diligence, a they're likely to see what they need to see, and you know they can ask questions that are informed by what was important to them in the first place you know, when they started the exploration process. Mm. I'm curious, is this a process that you invented on your own? Or is this is this something that most people who guide prospective franchisees follow? Yeah, that, well, that's a great segue. I wish I could say that I did develop it on my own, but my business is a franchise itself. Yeah. And I've been a franchise owner of the Entrepreneur Source for the last 19 years. And part of the reason I chose to align myself with them is I really like their process and approach. So this is something that was created by our CEO over 37 years ago. And it's, it's held pretty true over the last 37 years. I mean, we've tweaked some of the aspects of it and certainly the technology we use to interact with our clients. But the fundamental approach of meeting people where they are and helping them determine if this is a space that makes sense to explore and then creating a safe space to help them explore, you know, are kind of fundamental to what we do as coaches. So I would imagine that one of the things that makes you so good at what you do is that you had to go through this process yourself to decide whether or not to become a franchise owner. I did. So when I went through this process with my coach almost 20 years ago, I didn't come to the table saying, I want to own an entrepreneur source franchise. I knew I was at a crossroad in my career and I thought I wanted to own my own business. Yeah. And which really gave me permission to, you know, dream a little bit, talk about what was important to me. And based on my unique criteria, he came back to me with, I think, four different business models. This just happened to be one of them. And it wasn't necessarily my favorite one when I started doing my homework. But as I learned more about it in contrast to the other concepts, it became the one that was the obvious choice for me after doing a fair amount of due diligence and speaking with other entrepreneur source franchise owners. I find that super interesting because you bring that perspective to your conversations with your clients. So we were talking, we, we touched on fit a few moments ago. So it's not only fit for a particular franchise, it's also fit 
as, as a franchisee, you've got to help that person determine if they have the why, the what it takes to even own a franchise. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, they have to be someone who's uh, ready to be accountable to themselves and follow a proven system. Yeah. Because there are also people that I've spoken to that may be a better candidate to start their own independent business. Right? If they're mm-hmm. a maverick and they want to kind of do it their way and figure it out like pie in the sky, they're probably not a good candidate for franchise ownership. I mean, you can innovate within a franchise system, but there are guardrails and there are systems mm-hmm. and guidelines. So... You know, you have to be someone who really wants to follow a proven system. And if you're going to fight it, then you're not likely going to be very successful. In your estimation, how does this kind of thought process, this framework that you take people through, how does that increase the prospective franchisees' chances for success? Yeah, it, it, it's, I'm going to answer it maybe in a way that doesn't directly answer your question. Okay get at it because I have to be careful how I describe this. I tell my clients, look, my experience has been most people who go into franchising are successful by their definition of success, but there's always a big subset, maybe a third, who uh, in hindsight maybe have buyer's remorse where they regret the particular choice of franchise that they got into. So in other words, the franchise works, but it's not working in a way that's consistent with their goals or how they want to spend their day. Mm. So I tell my clients, look, I can't make you any more successful than you otherwise would be, but I perhaps can help you make a better choice that's more likely to stick because you've gone through a self-discovery experience and you've compared and contrasted it to other business models. So when you land on something, you know, you're, you've done all the homework, you've you know, investigated from all the different angles. Wow. Okay, so Gus, what are some of the factors do you think that contribute to a franchisee failing? Yeah, I mean, there could be quite a few, and you touched on some of them at the beginning, Wendy, but I'll I'll touch on the one that you brought out, which I think basically is, is, is the crux of it, not following the system, right? The whole idea of buying into a franchise is somebody else is providing you a proven system that works. It's the quickest way. It's the most efficient way. They, they figured it out. They've tried all the other ways. This is the most effective way. So follow the system. Now, you would think logically, if you're going to buy into a franchise, everybody would follow the system. Otherwise, why buy a franchise? But A, human nature being what it is. But I also think sometimes people don't realize what to expect or what they need to do to make that particular franchise successful, which is why when we work with folks, we really lead with, can you see yourself in the role of the owner enjoying it and being successful at it? Does it leverage your transferable skills? If it's something that requires a lot of selling ability, you have that in your background. Mm-hmm. Or if it's something that involves a lot of people management, you know, do you have that in your background or you know, your bailiwick? So it's really important that you get the role fit right because I think if you get the role fit right and it's a role that you're really excited about wanting to do most of the time, um, then you'll follow the system. If it's not, you'll find every reason not to. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I'm curious, do, does your process like include um, proprietary tools or, or other things that you bring in that help people arrive at this this kind of self-discovery and awareness of what they bring to the table and, and where their gaps might be? Yes. I mean, we've developed some of our own tools, you know, questionnaires and, and other assessments that help people to articulate what's important, their whys and so forth. Uh, a lot of interviewing, you know, we're trained and, and taught how to coach people and 
really help them navigate these emotional detours that they often go through. And then we use some non-proprietary tools too. You know, we use some personality profiles that are available in the open market, but we use them in a way that's really conducive to helping us create a better coaching experience for our clients. Right. So it's all about, again, that expanded sense of self-awareness and, and um, skill set and all that sort of thing, I would imagine. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Gus, I can't believe this, but it's almost time for us to take our break again. And, and guys, when we come back, we're going to take a look at um, some of the experiences that Gus has had in guiding people and, and take a look at what we think you need to know before you invest in a franchise or in the work it'll take to create a franchise. I also want to remind you guys that IBGR broadcasts 24-7 in four different market segments around the world with listeners in 162 of 195 countries of the world, or 83% of the countries in the world are tuning in to IBGR.network. You can listen to in your local time to business programming delivered by entrepreneurs in our Australasian, South Asian, Prime Meridian, and North American regions. Check the calendar on our homepage and at ibgr.network to find out when your favorite shows air in your local time zone and then make an appointment with yourself to listen. Apply and engage. So we'll be back. You've been listening to Catalytic Conversations, Wendy Dickinson with Gus Urillo on franchising. CRM making your business grow? When surveyed, about 90% of business leaders admit that their CRM isn't. The most common cause for that? Salespeople don't use their CRM the way they should. Why not? Well, it takes them too much time and discipline to fill out their CRM completely. And if salespeople don't, the CRM system becomes useless. That's why when we started Salesforce, we asked ourselves, what if we build a CRM system that fills out itself? What if we build a system that surfaces existing data so that you know and remember all about your customers and never forget and disappoint another lead? That's what Salesforce does today. It pulls in all the data buried in your emails, email signatures, calendar, phone, social data, company database, email and web tracking, and offers it to you in an easy way so you and your CRM are always up to date. Want to see this for yourself? Head to salesforce.com and get your free trial. This is William Eastman, managing partner for GrowthWorks Media and station director at IBGR. If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you.
listening to Catalytic Conversations on the number one global business talk and news radio, IBGR Network, International Business Growth Radio. And I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, here with Gus Urillo of the Entrepreneur's Source. This is episode number eight, season four, and today we're discussing franchising with Gus Urillo of the Entrepreneur's Source, a franchising expert. I encourage you to go to our website at ibgr.network and download the show notes. They're there for you. Why not take advantage of some of the resources? So this segment is all about what you need to know, the what. While many people will say that franchising is more successful, an equal number, number of people say, ah, that's a myth. There are things you need to know so that you can make up your mind yourself, such as the amount of time, money, and energy you are willing to risk in this venture. You might want to make a list of pros and cons. You might want to research the amount of fluctuation, disruption, and innovation that has occurred in the market or industry that you're interested in. You might want to chart how those fluctuations align with your current risk comfort levels, your family's life cycle, and your own values. And I recently read in a Forbes article by Jared Heck that you have to get comfortable with the pros and cons before you buy. Do your due diligence. And that's why I've asked Gus to join us today. So Gus, talk us through a little bit about the different types of franchises. I mean, how does an interested person even categorize that? Yeah, it's not easy to do on your own because there are over 4,000 different franchise concepts in the U.S., different companies, and representing, I think, over 150 different industries. So that's where we help because a lot of people, they feel like they're overwhelmed by the possibilities. And so it's important to work backwards from what do you want that business to do for you, personally, professionally, financially, and geographically, how you want to spend your day, et cetera. And we spend a lot of time on that with folks. And then I try to help them understand some of the different subcategories. The way I like to categorize franchising mm-hmm. is a lot of my corridors really that have to do with the role of the owner in the business. And that's owner-operator retail, semi-absentee, which is more of a passive model, home services, business services, and then master development or multi-unit. And so we try to educate people how to think about those and figure out which one of those paths, and it may be more than one, is most appropriate to explore and then help them explore concepts within those paths. And then by exploring them, that's how they kind of figure out what's going to be the right fit. But we try to narrow the field down. We, We... normally have people look at no more than three concepts simultaneously once we understand what their success criteria are. So it's like a curated experience. I had no idea that there were that many franchise models out there. That's mind-blowing. I can see how people would get really overwhelmed. And, and I wonder if, I would be curious to know of the number of franchisees that fail how many of them had some sort of assistance and how many of them tried to do it on their own? So when you say assistance, you mean from someone like me? Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say more people go into it without people like my, my help. Um, just statistically, when you look at the number of new ones created in the country, I mean, I think the people we work with are more likely to stick. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean the people who find it on their own aren't going to be successful. Uh, it's just that you know, you really have to be mindful and deliberate when you're going into it. And some people, I hate to say it, put on the blinders and they fall in love with the idea of the product or service to the exclusion of, okay, but what is, what is it going to take to successfully run that business on a day-to-day? And if you do that, you're asking for trouble. 
if you start with what does it take to make it successful would, would my skill sets and background you know and temperament and personality align with this business model what's the day in life of the owner look like if you start there you're much more likely to make a better choice because the franchise at the end of the day is like a car it's only as good as the person behind the wheel yeah absolutely and and as you're talking i'm thinking about you know business owners in general have a tendency to create strategies based on the results that they want but they don't necessarily always bring the skills to the table that they need to implement or execute that strategy to bring about those results and it seems to me like in your role you're helping people determine and again through that expanded self-awareness what they bring what they are what skill set they have what skills they need to to maybe stretch or work on but can bring to a particular business model based on what that business model actually needs as opposed to the brand or the the falling in love piece yeah that's right in fact i tell people i said the least the two least important characteristics are you love the product or service and you have a background in that industry least important most important is how does your skill set, personality, and temperament align with the necessary skill sets, temperament, personality of successful business owners in that franchise? And how well does that business model align with your personal, professional, financial, and geographicals? If you approach it that way, almost reverse engineering, the yeah. solution, you're much more likely to make a deliberate and thoughtful decision that's going to stick and work for the long term versus something maybe a little bit more impulsive. I, I've got to, I've got to just tell uh, tell you that you just took me aback because I just realized the amount of research and effort it must that the franchisors must put into creating a profile of people who would successfully be able to execute that model. Yeah, and you know it's funny, Wendy, because the good news is you know most of my clients or most of our clients wind up in industries completely different from where they came from. Yeah. So I try explain to people there are lots of possibilities you could do you know you're not pigeonholed like you are oftentimes in corporate america but the flip side is but you do want to have the right temperament or personality and you know skill sets or transferable skill sets for that particular business so the franchisors will often tell us here's the kind of person we're looking for like almost a composite yeah and then working with our clients we can figure out okay how well does our client background skill set goals align with what the franchisor is telling us their primary success criteria. Gosh, that is so interesting. Okay, so what would you say, and now I'm going kind of bigger picture, 30,000 foot. So how can, what what would you say are the advantages and disadvantages are of owning a franchise? Yeah, the advantages I, I see is really threefold. A proven system with a higher probability of success than doing it on your own. I mean, much higher probability. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, you're compressing the learning curve, you're making fewer mistakes, or if the mistakes are little ones. So usually line of sight to profitability comes quicker in a franchise than it would in an independent. Where, you know, so if I have a client that's used to making a you know six figure income, they can probably get there quicker leveraging a franchise than they could with an independent business. And then finally, you know, it's that system support that acts as a force multiplier so that over time you're able to accomplish results you might not even think you're capable of doing because the franchisor does a lot of the grunt work, if you will, yeah. to free up to focus on the highest leverage activities you know, that are the key drivers of that business. So tell us about some of the grunt work that they do. 
know, and, and Wendy, you know this person. I have a client who owns a bath remodeling franchise, and his franchisor does all the front end marketing for him. It's all digital marketing driven. They have a call center that books appointments. So he really doesn't have to do a lot on the marketing front. They know how to target these people, you know, and that's, that's part of their competitive advantage. They oftentimes have first mover advantage, you know, where they get to the consumer before everybody else. So he has a very high close rate. And then the franchisor has uh, uh, negotiated uh, strat- or negotiated uh, contracts with suppliers for materials, and he can order all that online. as supposed to have to do it on his own, so it's discounted. So they can do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the more granular stuff that an independent boat business owner might get mired in. You know, and because think about it from a franchisor's perspective, they want you focused on the highest leverage activities because that's what's going to drive your revenue, your profitability, and their profitability, which is a royalty of you know based on your revenue. So your interests are aligned in such a way that they have to see you succeed in order for them to succeed. And I think it, he's a success story too, isn't he, Gus? In that our our mutual friend has also been recognized as one of the the best in a very short period of time. Yeah, he has, and you know that's all attributable to him. As he's thanked me a few times, I said, "Rob, that was all you. You know, you just were really good about doing your due diligence and being mindful when you selected this business mm-hmm. that you were ready, you know, and able to do what it takes to be." So it was his goals and his drive that made him successful, but he chose well because we helped make sure that whatever he chose was aligned with his interests and skill set. And I'm curious, is part of the grunt work too, does the franchisor often make resources available as far as um, advising or mentoring or coaching or something so that if somebody hits a rough spot, they have somebody to go to? Yeah, the better ones do. You know, oftentimes they'll have either regional developers or master developers that are people who bought in at a higher level and they're kind of your go-to person. Or they may have people assigned at corporate that are your coach and mentor for the first six months to a year. And so a good franchisor system is they're always available and there to help see you succeed as much as you want need their help. But, you know, not to the point where it becomes micromanaging because that's why a lot of my clients left corporate America. Right. Okay, so Gus, one more big picture thing. So I know we can't be but so specific, but what is a ballpark figure for a prospective franchisee to have in hand to invest and set the franchise up to succeed? Is it like a million, 500,000? I mean, again, ballpark. Yeah, it it, it does depend, but I'll just say, Wendy, when I direct people to full-time endeavors as opposed to passive endeavors, right? tell them usually it can be as little as fifty to 100000 in total. That's the franchise fee, working capital, etc. And oftentimes they can qualify for a small business loan where they can finance up to 90% of that through the SBA loan or a small business loan. So how much they personally have to come to the table with could be relatively small. They have to have decent net worth, decent credit, etc. You know, there mm-hmm. are some criteria, but people are often, often pleasantly surprised uh, as to how little they actually have to put into it in order to make it work and be successful of their own money. I have to say, I am pleasantly surprised to hear that number. Okay, Gus, believe it or not, it's time for another break. We're going to take that two-minute break, and when we come back, Gus and I will give you, the listeners, our suggestions on steps you should take and resources that are available to prospective franchisees. Guys, Business solutions in the palm of your hand. Download our app and have solutions to your business issues on demand. 
I'm Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations. We'll be right back. If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule, links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. Nothing's good that uses this is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. segment. You're listening to IBGR.network, the number one global business talk and news radio network, IBGR, International Business Growth Radio, and I'm your catalytic conversations host, Wendy Dickinson of Ascend Coaching Solutions, here with Gus Urillo of the Entrepreneur's Source. Today, you've had a chance to get an expert's view on franchising. Business solutions in the palm of your hands can happen anytime if you download the mobile app. And you can have solutions to your business issues anytime you need them. We are your business application of choice. Learn more at www.ibgr.app. So, what you need to do. Gus, where do you think people should start? What's the first step they should take? Um, You know, this is something 
thing we help people do, but let's just assume they're doing this on their own. I think they have to take stock and really take a step back before you just go on the internet. Because if you go on the internet and start requesting information, you're going to be bombarded. It's not just the company you request information from. You're going to get it from everyone. I know because that happened to me 20 years ago. So I think you really have to step back and take stock of why do I want to explore this? What's important about you know, I, as I always tell my, ask my clients, what are you looking for business ownership and more specifically franchising to do for you that your current career path isn't doing for you? So yeah. really think about that, you know, personally, professionally, financially, is it more control, more freedom, more money, more flexibility, being closer to the action, less micromanaging, less, you know, really compile a list, you know, and then do a skills assessment. That's a lot of what we do with them. And, you know, and then once you've done that, I think then you can start potentially looking. Um, I, I couldn't tell you how they could do it. I mean, they could go certainly to the International Franchise Association website, ifa.org. You know, and they have some filters on it. I still think it would be a little bit like drinking out of a fire hose. But, you know, at least if you have your success criteria in, in line, then you can maybe start to narrow things down. That's a lot of what you know, our clients engage us to do, you know, is to narrow it down to three options, you know, because we we try not to overwhelm them. As I tell my clients, I could show you 20 options if I really wanted to, but then you'd be a mile wide and inch deep. We found that looking at three simultaneously is about what most people can reasonably carry. I think that makes a lot of sense with the, the amount of information our and choice our brains can handle at any given time. You know, I also wonder how important is it, do you think, to advise people to really know their numbers? And what I mean by that is understanding what level of risk not only the the prospective franchisee, him or herself, is, but also anybody in there that might be impacted by those decisions. Absolutely. You know, so it's part of it. Like, as I tell my clients, I said, when we go through this process, it's, it's sort of a, a meld of self-discovery and due diligence. The self-discovery is, can I, should I, what are my reasons, am I compelled to do it? It's all the qualitative stuff or subjective stuff. The due diligence is, can I make the numbers work? And importantly, you know, when I work with clients, I really try to direct them things that are relatively lower investment, as I talked about, uh, low startup, low overhead, variable cost-driven, COVID and recession resistant, strong sustainable value proposition, so stay away from the fads. So that's a lot of what I try to do for them. So, you know, when if they're exploring this, and let's say they're comparing it to maybe the job market, a lot of my clients will explore this in parallel with the job market. I'll say, let's get to a point where you can build a business plan for this. Look at what your investment is, what the expected, you know, return, cash flow, equity build, you know, what does all that look like? What does the job market look like? And what's your exposure? And obviously, we want to minimize your exposure. But at the end of the day, are you going to be better off going down this path economically? than taking that other job. And if they can't answer yes, then they should go take the job. But more often than not, they discover this is the better path once they've done their due diligence and put together a business plan. You know, I think you just skipped over something that, or, or hit on something that was very important, but I might people might have missed it. And I really feel like one of the greatest services you provide to the people that I've talked to Um, who own franchises that you've worked with them on is you really help people look at the the fad slash recession proof aspect yeah because i I do everything in my power to try to steer people away from that um 
because sometimes people don't know. I mean, people, some people like the bright, shiny object, you know, whatever is latest and greatest. Hey, people ask me a lot of times what's hot, and I said, oh, that's a terrible question. You know, because by definition, if something's hot, it can, you know, turn cold at a moment's notice. So I would rather see them get involved in something that has some sustainability to it. So if they want to run it 10, 15, 20 years, sell it, make it a legacy to their kids, they can do it. You know, I don't, there are some concepts where you don't know if they're going to be around for years from now. Yeah. And you also mentioned this in the last segment, but I think it's so important to hit on, is that I, I think there's such a learning curve with owning a business. Even people who have MBAs and been people who have gone through formal programs, there is a lot about running a business in the day-to-day that it, people just don't know. And there's no one place to go to other than IBGR, of course, to get that information. So tell us it, how important it is to have someone like you and, and like the Entrepreneur Source where you're able to see that that business model has run time and again according to that system. Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, at the risk of sounding self-serving, because you didn't ask this before, our, our, you know, we don't cost anything. Our, we don't, our clients don't pay us. I mean, we're not free, but franchisors pay us. We work with hundreds of them, and they compensate us on the back end if we create a successful match. Mm. And more often than not, when I work with people, they discover this isn't right for them, and I don't get paid, but maybe they'll refer me to other people. So it's a, it's a free service to my clients, but the whole idea is if we can create a safe space and also hold our clients accountable to doing the work, the homework, you know, they're more likely to make a good decision and make a decision, even if that decision is not to do this. So as I often mm-hmm. tell you know people that are contemplating working with me, there's really no downside risk to working with me other than mm-hmm. investing some time at worst, you're going to discover this isn't for you or now it's not the right time. At best, you've discovered a whole new career path. Yeah. And and I feel like um, with that, and I know we were joking earlier in our conversation where people ask you, what's in this for you kind of thing. Um, and, and really, it is motivation for you to make sure that the fit is a good one. Because yeah. that's how you get recognized. That's how you get compensated. Right. Uh, well, my reputation depends on it. Most yeah. of my clients now come to me as referrals from other past clients, both people who've chosen to go into franchising, and but just as easily, you know, from people who chose not to because mm-hmm. they had a good experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like anything else in life, it's a reputational business. So, yeah, I'm motivated to help somebody figure this out. And I tell people, I'm just as happy if you choose not to do this for the right reasons as if you choose to do it for the right reasons. You know, I know I'm going to get compensated on that one in three, one in four people that I work with that wind up going into a business. I'm compensated pretty well by the franchisors. And it's to the franchisors' benefit, too, because, you know, they don't have to talk to as many people who aren't a good fit. And our clients tend to be better franchisees over time because we've made sure that they've done the appropriate due diligence and their personalities and temperaments are suited so they're more likely to be that top franchisee. You know, Gus, one of the topics that I find that that owners get stuck on is they kind of isolate themselves and don't form relationships with advisors that can really be value added to any business process, right? And, and so I would submit that you, Gus Urillo, with the Entrepreneur Source, is a great resource for someone considering a, a, a franchise. What are some other 
advisors that you think set franchisees, prospective franchisees up to be successful? Yeah, I, well, so certainly we help people like, you know, with the journey, you know, to get from uh, being a would-be business owner to business owner. But then if they choose to move forward, you know, having a great CPA relationship and understanding what a CPA can and can't do for you, they're not going to make the decision for you, but they can certainly help you with good tax planning strategies. And business owners have lots of, you know, opportunities to really positively take advantage of the tax code. But you have to have a good CPA who can help you navigate that. Um, I encourage my clients to utilize a franchise attorney mm. when exploring. You know, if they get to the end and they decide I want to do it, I have a good resource for that. And I want to make sure that they utilize someone like that, you know, because they maybe never have looked at a franchise agreement before. <clears throat> and then when they get into the actual franchise, you know, the franchisor is going to be there to support them. They're going to have a system of colleagues, almost like a cooperative of other franchisees. I know in my franchise, I oftentimes lean on other franchisees for help and assistance. And that's one of the benefits people don't even think about, but it's like a cooperative oh. because you can learn from your colleagues, best practices and whatnot. And then you may even want to develop local resources, whether it's a career coach, you know, a business coach like yourself um, or other advisors, join a B&I group, you know, getting plugged in your community. You can have informal relationships too, uh, because I've often heard it said, you know, being a business owner can be lonely at the top, so it's important that you develop the support networks to help you, you know, guide you, you know, maybe call out your blind spots or motivate you or whatever, you know, so that's something we try to help our, our clients towards the back end of the process think about, you know, how to take advantage of those resources. Well, Gus, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. It has been so great to have an expert as your, such as yourself to really just give us not only that 30,000 foot view, but a closer look at what it takes to be a successful franchisee. So thanks for being with us. It was my pleasure, Wendy. I was delighted to do it. Hey, Gus, if somebody wanted to work with the Entrepreneur Source, how would they reach out and, and get that process started? Yeah, they could either find me uh, on LinkedIn. Just uh, mm -hmm. look up Gus Trillow, spelling my last name as I-U-R-I-L-L-O, or they can go directly to my website, which is dot eSource Coach, the letter E, source, and coach, no spaces.com. And folks, I highly recommend that if you're interested in, in becoming a franchisee, reach out to Gus and the Entrepreneur's Source. Well, I also hope that everybody is planning to stay tuned and listen to James Bryant of Better You For You, an entrepreneur's journey. Today, James is going to talk about experience is the best teacher. And next week on Catalytic Conversations, we are going to look at acquisitions, pursuing a growth strategy based on acquisitions. I'm Wendy Dickinson with IBGR.network. Have a great week.